0: Okay. So many, many different meditation systems talk about doing the right thing, but doing them in the wrong sequence. <laughs> okay. Okay. That—that's in fact the the, the typical uh, Western mindset is is that, um, and in fact, I even. On a new student, he came and started asking questions, and he was making the list. And I said, these are all fine PhD topics in Buddhism. Yeah. And what we need to do is the ABCs of Buddha. First. The real teachings of the Buddha are very simple things. Yeah. And when you understand the simple things that the Buddha teaches, much of the philosophical and highfalutin kind of stuff either takes care of itself automatically or becomes irrelevant.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And so, uh, starting at the very beginning, uh, by looking at uh, the whole teachings of the Buddha, is uh, the Buddha says it in in Sutra number twenty-two: "Is I teach only one thing." Yeah, I teach only Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda. The Western mentality is, is that I've got to study Dukkha for 30 years. <laughs> and if I study Dukkha and know it well enough, then I'll be able to have some Dukkha Naroda eventually. That mentality actually went so far as to uh, the practice of metta in the sense of may all beings be happy. When the guy who was saying that is not happy. If he takes it a step further, then we have the Bodhisattva ideal in the sense of everybody's got to be enlightened before I can become enlightened. Yeah, well, what that really means is, is that I just want everybody to shut up so I can have some peace and quiet. It's actually a loser's or a victim's mentality of wanting everybody else to be enlightened so I can go along. With the crowd or the big boat. You know, they call it the Mahayana. Yeah, the question yeah. is, who's doing the rowing? Who's doing the rowing in the Mahayana? Who's who's the captain of the ship? Who's telling this whole group of people which way to go? Who's shouting out to the individual, sit down, sit down, sit down, you're rocking the boat? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. Here's the question, then, is is that Dukkha, Dukkha Naroda, means to see Dukkha immediately and then do something, make the right effort to change that Dukkha into Dukkha Naroda immediately, as soon as you see it. This is the Eightfold Noble Path, or this is the Four Noble Truths. As you see the Dukkha, you come out of it. You see the cause of it, and you stop doing that. And then you spend your time in the third noble truth, being free from dukkha, but you know that too, because you've done it, and you take, um, uh, let us say, in your own mind, a victory lap for having gotten rid of the, the dukkha. That victory lap is actually the sukha that the Buddha talks about, but you can't have sukha until you get rid of the dukkha. Yeah. Okay, you've got to take the effort to throw the garbage out of the mind. You can't just lay there in the sewer saying, oh, I can relax, there's nothing to do. This is a meditation, a sewer meditation, by the way. And so this whole point then about one's right effort is a major aspect of the Eightfold Noble Path. It's right there on it. Mm -hmm. But in fact, you can say that the Eightfold Noble Path is broken into three groups. It's yep. broken into sila samati panya. Yep. Okay. But there is another way of looking at it, and that is that's the ordinary or the beginner's or the um, uh, the wrong person or the child's practice is sila samati panya. In other words, you got to sit down and behave yourself first. Yeah. And once you sit down and behave yourself, then we will teach you some samadhi and later after you get to samadhi you can have some wisdom okay the actual noble teachings of the buddha is not sila samadhi panya it starts with panya and samadhi leading to sila later yeah and the way that that happens is is that if your mind is organized unified and you don't want anything then your behavior is going to be good enough. It's going to be perfect, in fact, because you're not yeah. hurting anybody to get anything. You're not killing yeah. anybody to get anything. You're not telling any lies to get anything because yeah. you got everything you want. You're already yeah. satisfied. Yeah. so this is an important point, is, is that uh, the aspects of the Eightfold Noble Path that are to be practiced first, lead to the result of Sila, that sila is not the first thing to be done, except that in a certain way. And that is, is that while you are actually uh, pounding your fist into the face of someone, it's really hard to say, may all beings be happy. We have to go into seclusion. We have to get the mind away from, uh, let us say, the real sewers in order to find out that we brought some of that sewage with us in our own mind. Yeah. So we have to get away from it all or seclusion. But if you actually just close your eyes or let us say you go into a room and shut the door. Yeah. Now you're secluded from the world. Yeah. Which means that more than likely at this particular moment, your sila is perfect. Yeah. (laughs) There's nobody around. You're not hurting anybody. Okay. So that's the way that we're looking at Siva is just a very basic introduction that has more to do with getting in seclusion. So once we get into seclusion, and the Buddha talks about it in the sense of going to the forest, going to the foot of a tree, going to an empty hut, going to a pile of straw. All right. These are places where there's nobody around. Yeah. But he doesn't say go to the empty hut and stay there forever. He doesn't yeah. say go to the empty tree or the, the uh, sit under the tree forever. The word forever is not there. It's just to go for a while and sit, get secluded, and then practice the Eightfold Noble Path. All right, so on the Eightfold Noble Path, we have Sila, Samati, Panya. Let us say that the Panya part, in the sea and the, the um, Semati part, need to be reevaluated okay. because we need to actually put four of those things together. The first point is right view. Now, right view has uh, many components to it, but one of the more important components of right view is to view, to look, to notice, to see, to investigate. Okay. In fact, the word investigate is uh, um, the right word. And the word investigate is, in fact, in the definition of right noble view, to where wrong view And ordinary right view, the definitions of those actually give examples of what is wrong view and what is ordinary right view. Wrong view normally is basically, you can't, I can get away with it. That's wrong view. I can go do what I want to do and get away with it. And ordinary right view can be said is no, you cannot get away with it. Okay. And then the in, in right view, the second uh, sentence is, no, you can't get away with it because we're going to hire police, we're going to get an army, we're going to spank you, we're going to do things that we can do to make you do what we tell you to do. We're going to prove to you you can't get away with it. And if that's not enough, we're going to hire a priest, get a god, and maybe even a karma machine to prove to you that your bad behavior is going to give you bad results no matter what. This is ordinary right view. Both of them are magical thinking. Okay. The uh, the magical thinking of ordinary right view is, is that we can make you be happy. It's got a power trip involved with it we're going to threaten you with the common machine or a god or a priest or a rabbi or something like that if our cops can't make you behave yourself but the noble right view is the right view of investigation to look at really what's going on to take a deep dive notice specifically but we can only do that when we remember to do it Because normally we're not looking. Normally we're thinking or we're uh, talking or we're doing all kinds of things, but we're not really looking at what's going on. Once we do remember to look and do that investigation, we want to do it with discernment. And the discernment is, is this particular thought, this one short little thought, is this thought that I just had or am I having now, is this worth having or not? Most of the thoughts that we have, we don't do that kind of evaluation. Is this thought even worth having or not? Most of the time, we just let the thoughts roll. We don't pay any attention to them. And so they're kind of on automatic pilot that Freud called free association. And that some in Buddhism call monkey mind. That it just jumps from here to there without any discretion or discernment. Now we're going to start uh, guarding that mind to to keep it from jumping all over the forest into jumping in just one tree, let's say. And that one tree is a wholesome tree. Let us say it's full of bananas or it's full of fruit or something. And so the monkey, uh, if it feels safe, can stay in that tree. Generally, the reason that the monkey mind jumps from tree to tree is because it was uncomfortable in the tree that it was in, and so it jumps to something new. If the monkey mind was comfortable in the tree that it was in, then it would not be jumping too far. It would be jumping close by. This is the, uh, the analogy then that we can go for is that we have to look at what thoughts are wholesome and what thoughts are not wholesome. That this is one's right effort, that in fact is quite well stated right there in the sutta, that right effort, right view, and right sati to remember to do this, these things circle one around each other. It almost becomes just the same thing. Waking up, taking the look, and taking the effort to throw the unwholesome out. At that same time, when we're taking uh, that wholesome, that unwholesome thought out, we also are taking a deep, long breath. So the breathing is part of the right effort to take long, easy breaths. Uh, let us say six breaths a minute, five breaths a minute down at that range, as opposed to the 20 breaths a minute that we normally um, associate with ordinary mind. So the breathing for ordinary people ordinarily, when they're not thinking about it, the breathing is quite shallow yeah. and we're going to make the breathing uh, more robust because we're going to take advantage of that. One of the things is, is that the brain chemistry really starts to change with all this new oxygen in the mind, as well as the body becomes energized but also just equally importantly is that that outbreath, that's a robust outbreath, throws out a lot of garbage. Carbon dioxide, it changes the, um, uh, the pH level of the blood. All kinds of things change with this healthy breathing. So we have to actually take the effort to start breathing well, slowing the breathing down, relaxing that kind of breath so that it really is a relaxing kind of breath. Also, we're going to have the kind of thoughts that are wholesome thoughts. The kind of wholesome thoughts that we want are thoughts that are about the breathing, thoughts about here now, that if we have thoughts about the past or the future, the past is gone, it's dead, it doesn't exist, the future is not yet to be. So the past and the future are not real for you. What's real for you is the room that you're in because that's the limit of your vision. That's the limit of your hearing. What you can see and touch and taste and feel what's in your sensory awareness is your reality. Okay. But the things that are outside of the room, No matter how far away it is or close by or how long ago it was or uh, recently, that stuff doesn't exist. It only exists in the mind. Which means that it's suspicious as being is this wholesome or not, because wholesome thoughts would be real thoughts, things of what's real. So thoughts about what's in the room and thoughts about the breathing, thoughts about the touch of the air on the cloth, the touch of just like Goenka talks about, but we're doing it with a wholesome mind state where Goenka never bothers to tell the students, yes, pay attention to what's going on, but do so with a mind that's free from thoughts of the past and the future, thoughts about going someplace, thoughts about dinner, thoughts about Kneecaps on other meditators, all kinds of stuff that we can think about that are not real for us. This is actually the teachings of the Buddha. Now, in one of the suttas, number 19, the Buddha talks about three, two kinds of thought. In fact, the name of the sutta is two kinds of thoughts. Okay. All right. There is one kind of thought that has greed ill will, and thoughts of harming. Okay, and then we have wholesome thoughts that are free from greed, free from ill will, and free from harming. These would be wholesome thoughts. So if we want something, that's a hindrance. In fact, that's one of the listed hindrances, wanting something that we don't have. I'm sitting here and I want coffee and I don't have any coffee. That means I got to go get up and go get coffee, or I can come to the point of, well, I'm okay without coffee right now. I don't no. need coffee. Just because I thought of it doesn't mean I've got to have it. Yeah. All right, so uh, wanting something that we don't have is one of the hindrances. One of the primary hindrances of meditators, then, is wanting results from their meditation, okay. wanting something out of it. Wanting uh, enlightenment and with thoughts of, oh, if I put in enough hours, if I put in 10,000 hours, then the Kama machine's going to come once in and do occupy, and I'll feel good, right? That's the normal mentality of I want something out of meditation. I want enlightenment or I want past life experiences. And that will actually cloud the practice of meditation because we haven't removed the hindrances. Yeah okay those hindrances can either be underlying or they can be right there present in the mind so whenever those thoughts come up present in the mind we need to throw them out and start having wholesome thoughts wholesome thoughts would be like well right now everything is safe and secure so if we have thoughts of danger or thoughts of work that needs to be done That thought of work that needs to be done is actually based in fear. Oh, I've got to do it because if I don't, there will be uh, negative consequences. Well, here we are sitting, not doing the work, not suffering the consequences, except that we are because we're being fearful that I've got to do the work. That in fact, it's quite possible for someone who is practicing Anapanasati sitting on the floor having a ball, and then he has a thought of, Well, I've got to do that project tomorrow. And then he'll start thinking about the project. And a moment later, he finds himself sitting at his desk, getting his notebook out to do that project right now, when in mm-hmm. fact, he was enjoying himself just a thought moment or two before. Yeah. All right. This is how it works that is if we are on guard for the thought. Then we can just change that thought and say, never mind, we can come back and be here now. Everything is okay. The Buddha gives an analogy in this sutta number 19. It's the analogy of a cow herd. Now this is not, uh, uh, let us say, uh, rawhide, cow, uh, uh, chisholm trail. Cowboys and all of that kind of stuff. This is back in uh, ancient times where the yeah. Indian just had maybe five, six cows taking them uh, to pasture. Going through a village area, this cow herd has to carry a stick with him. Because if the cow tries to uh, step on a child, he'll whack that cow. If the child, If the cow tries to get a carrot off of the food stall, normally what happens then is that cow herd being very careful with his cows can herd them by whacking them and whatnot to get them through the village so that he can get them out to the pasture where they can eat yeah so while they're in the village while the cows are in danger of uh, doing damage he's very vigilant To make sure that the cows are not doing anything and he'll whack them. Ah, don't go there. Don't go there. But when they get out to the pasture, now he doesn't have to stand with the cows with the stick. He can actually go and sit under a tree and just keep an eye on them. Yeah. This is also the way that we're looking at practice of Anapanasati. That in the beginning, we've got to be on guard for every thought to get into wholesome, one after another after another, wholesome thought one after another. Once the mind is in one wholesome thought after another in that kind of mode, now we really can relax. We can relax because now the mind is wholesome. Uh, the analogy is coming out of the sewer and taking a bath. Now that we have taken the bath, now we're clean, now we can relax. While we're still swimming in the sewer, that's not the time to relax. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because it's dangerous and it's uncomfortable. It's not, in fact, a relaxing place to be. Yeah. Nobody can relax when their mind is full of um, hindrances, but when the mind is, in fact, free from hindrances, having one wholesome thought after another, then we can actually relax. In fact, that's part of the relaxation process, is to remove the unwholesome thoughts. So once we get the thoughts uh, uh, out of the mind that are unwholesome, and we have one wholesome thought after another wholesome thought after another wholesome thought, now we want to guard the mind just enough to make sure that the mind stays wholesome, which is a whole lot less work than just seeing that it's unwholesome and then having to intentionally change it to the wholesome. Yeah. Okay. Now the mind is wholesome and we can guard it to make sure that it's wholesome. This is also part of the practice and there's other sutras that talk about that. There are two kinds of skills to be developed. The first skill is the skill of getting the mind in a really good state. To get it wholesome. Then the second skill is to maintain that or to sustain it, to keep it wholesome. This yeah. is what they mean by the applied and sustained thought. Yeah. To yeah. apply the mind to wholesome and sustain it on the wholesome. This applied and sustained thinking is actually the jhana, one of the jhana factors. Yeah. Okay. Also in the Anapanasati Sutta, this, uh, this kind of thought is referred to as gladdening thoughts or gladdening yeah. the. There's also the issue about the word gladdening that we could translate it also as brightening the mind. Brightening in the sense of whitening up, brightening in the sense of being able to see even better. Uh, Perking the mind up would be another uh, way that we could uh, talk about it. But we want to get the mind out of unwholesome thinking into very, very first-class, 100% guaranteed, wholesome thoughts. Okay. Okay. And then there is going to be a huge in-between. That huge in-between we can call junk thoughts. Thoughts do not actually uh, match up to being guaranteed 100% wholesome but also are not thoughts of harming, thoughts of greed, ill-will, delusion, but they are thoughts of work to be done, projects yeah. that need to be done. Those are dangerous thoughts because they're in danger of making us feel bad. Basically, a thr- oh, if I don't get that done, then what's to become of me? an example of that is in the united states on april the 15th and that is a big big day of misery yeah but it's not just that day it's the weeks and months before that all of that time that those people thought about and felt bad about their income tax while they weren't actually doing their income tax yeah (laughs) But in fact, actually doing the income tax is often less of a problem and less of a bother and less of a mental uh, strife than thinking about the income tax and not doing it. Yeah. So if somebody sits down and does their income tax and it takes them an hour or so, then they're finished. Other guys sit down and start their income tax and don't finish and worry about it. And they'll put in 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 hours of bad feelings and they still haven't gotten their taxes done. Yeah. Okay. This is a standard way of operating. And so we need to come out of that because you can find all kinds of tax returns to make you feel bad, all kinds of work to do. Okay. So these are kind of junk thoughts. And what we can say about these junk thoughts is, is that people have these junk thoughts because they see some advantage in it. They see some, um, uh, gratification, but they don't see the danger in these thoughts. So that's part of our investigation is to begin to see the thoughts that we are having, are they in fact wholesome or not? We have to start looking at that and we begin to develop the skills so that what we used to thought were just okay thoughts. Now we can see the danger in them and we, uh, sort of put those aside. But in the beginning, we can guarantee that there is a certain kind of thought that is going to be wholesome. And so these are the kind of thoughts that you would kind of drift to on an automatic kind of way or without making too much discernment. We already know that there are certain kind of thoughts are wholesome. So we can basically then say, I can wake up out of both unwholesome thoughts and junk thoughts and throw those out and have... 100% wholesome thoughts for this next moment or two. That's the way to do it. And also these thoughts that are wholesome will be thoughts of gladdening the mind, perking the mind up. The Buddha had one phrase that he used with that as an example, and that is, aha, I see you, Mara. What that means is, aha, I can see that junk thought. Or aha, I can see that unwholesome thought. I can see it. And because I can see it, I say, "Uh aha, I can see you. Guess what? That's a new thought. That's actually an uplifting thought. Uh Aha, I can see all of that garbage. Now, there's something else that's going on right at that very instant. And that is, is that when we're having an unwholesome thought, we normally think of that thought as my thought. that It is me that's having it. I am the thought. But Anapanasati, the waking up um, and looking at that thought, is like this movement. Aha, I see you. It's putting separation between uh, one thought part of the mind and another part of the mind in the sense that I thought that I was the thought, or I am the thought, or these are my thoughts. Now, the new point is, is that, no, that is not me. I am not that thought. Uh-huh, I see the thought itself separated from the one who does the seeing.
1: Yeah, that is just seeing,
0: actually. The one who does the seeing, then, is now the frontal cortex or the adult part of the mind, and the thinking is part of the mid-cortex or the... Um, uh, what is called the temporal lobe, and is also thought of as the mammalian brain. Yeah. This is the this is the brain where a lot of instinctual stuff is stored in the forms of instructions and jobs to do. Clean your room. Learn your ABCs. Put your books up. Wipe that drawing off the wall. You know, those are the kind of orders that we receive as, ch- as children. And so we store that in what is called a parent ego state so that we repeat all of the orders, rights, rules, rituals, laws, ways to do things that we learned as a child. We store that and then we go around giving ourselves orders to do stuff. Oh, go do that email. Oh, go do this. Oh, go do that. Now, the this part of the mind is actually a very critical part of the mind, but it has your best interest at heart. Because it's giving you all the jobs that should be done in order for you to feel good. But unfortunately, the human being is not built that way. (laughs) That underneath that is the child ego state or the reptilian brain, the more primitive part of the brain and it's. Um, language, is the language of emotions or feelings. Yeah. Okay, so we have this verbal dialogue, oh, you should go meditate right now. And the child inside responds with a feeling, and that feeling can be expressed as, oh, I don't want to. And then the parent will say, you got to go do that email. And then the child is, I don't want to. And the feeling of, I don't want to, is is there. Uh, And it may, in fact, turn into fear if the parent says, you know what's going to happen? The world's going to come to an end, or you're going to have your feet caught on fire, or maybe your brain's going to split open if you don't go do what I tell you to do. And so now the child feels, I don't want to do it, but what you're saying is quite terrifying. And so I'm going to sit here and not do it and feel afraid. And i might also sit here and not do it and feel afraid and also feel guilty but i'm still not going to do it yeah so the parent is there you got to go do it no i don't want to do it okay so that kind of dialogue doesn't take long we have just actually in that dialogue that i've talked about only took about a half a second maybe a full second but meanwhile look that we got ourselves into bad feelings yeah if we can see that dialogue, if we can see what's happening, then we can change those critical thoughts from the, uh, uh the parent, the critical parent that got all of its material from, uh, critical rules, regulations, laws, that the way things are to be and let that parenting go stay, start nurturing the child within those nurturing thoughts, then are going to be the wholesome thoughts. The jobs to be done are the unwholesome thoughts. But nurturing thoughts is, well, everything is okay right now. Never mind, you can do that email later. Right now, you can just sit and enjoy yourself. No place to go, nothing to do. The spring comes and the grass grows by itself. Or in the case of the Zen student, oh, I'm sitting here because I want enlightenment. And the Zen master just says, no, we're not practicing enlightenment. We're practicing just sitting. You're already enlightened. Just sit. Just enjoy. Just be here. All right. That's the whole difference that many people are are practicing um, in a very Western way rather than in the actual really Eastern way of doing it. Is let's get out of the sewer and take a bath, and now we can enjoy ourselves. Where the Western mentality is here you are in the sewer, get over it. Yeah. Relax and enjoy yourself right here in the sewer. You got no place to go and nothing to do, you're just covered in filth. And it's unpleasant, it's not comfortable. So, what we actually need to do is to get ourselves into the state of comfort. So, it kind of goes in this order. The basic uh, underlying feeling that we have, uh, the most primitive and the and the strongest feeling that humans have is the feeling of fear. No one gets angry unless they already have a basis of fear under it. Nobody gets sad unless there's also fear of uh, of loss. So all of the negative emotions have a component of fear, which means that all of the good, positive emotions are going to be free from fear. So we actually need to talk ourselves out of being afraid, which is a wholesome thing to do. And being afraid is an unwholesome thing to do. Yeah. Right. So thoughts that make us afraid, like giving us work to do, and giving us ultimatums that if you don't do that work, that blah, blah, bad's going to happen. That's just making us feel afraid. But it doesn't get the work done. What we need to do is to draw away from the work, go into seclusion, get the mind in a really, really good, positive, can do attitude state, and then go do the work happily. But the parent to say, oh, you got to go do the work now. I don't care whether you're unhappy or not. Go get the work done. Right? But we're going to change that whole system of, no, you don't need to do any work when you're feeling bad. You need to get yourself feeling good. And when you feel good, then it's not work anymore. It's play. It's a toy. It's fun. When we like our job, it's not a job. It's a hobby. But we're not supposed to like work. Employment is to be hated. That's why they call it job and work. Why does employment have to be called a job? Why does it have to be work? Why can't our employment be fun? It's all a matter of attitude. Mm-hmm. All a matter of attitude. So this Anapanasanti is really a, a, a whole lot about changing our attitude. And we change the attitude a little bit at a time with success. And here's how this operates. We have the first three items on the path, right view, right sati and right effort. To bring the mind out of its unwholesome state into a wholesome state. As soon as we do that, that is successful. That's a success. When we come out of our fear, when we tell ourselves we don't have to be afraid, there's no alligators on the floor, there's no crocodiles, there's no tarantulas. Everything is safe right now. And so I can actually, by telling myself that I'm safe and taking a deep breath and relaxing, I feel safe. If I feel safe, I can feel comfortable. If I can feel comfortable, then I can feel satisfied. That's the key. Getting ourselves into a state of satisfaction having the mind in the sewer is not satisfying. It's not satisfaction It's unsatisfying. It's unsatisfactory. That's what we mean now by dukkha. And so choiceless awareness means putting up with dukkha without doing anything about it. Yeah, no, we're going to actually do something about it. We're going to get out of it and going to take a, a mental bath, clean ourselves out and to now we can uh, feel successful and happy because we've gotten out of it. That success is the key issue now because uh, safety and security goes to um, comfort, which goes to satisfaction. Satisfaction over and over and over again builds the confidence that I can do this again and again and again, and that's when Sama Sankapa one's right attitude comes into play. And that attitude now is the attitude of success, the attitude of a winner, not the attitude of the victim. Oh, poor me, I've got so much work to do and I have to do it and feel bad. Now we have the attitude, oh, this is wonderful. I'm feeling really good. And when I do that work, I'll do a smash-up happy job of it. This is now the new attitude. OK, these are actual items on the Eightfold Noble Path. Right view, right Shanti, right effort and Santapa, right attitude. Now, um, sometimes Santapa is translated as right thought. But at that level, the thought is um, we look at it like this. If you have the right attitude, then the thoughts that you have will be associated with that right attitude. If you have a loser's attitude, you have a victim's attitude, then the thoughts that you will have will be the thoughts that a victim would have. Oh, poor me, who can I get to help me? I need to get out of this, this is too much for me. As opposed to changing that attitude to the winner, And then the kind of thoughts we have is, yeah, I got this, hold my beer. We can take care of this. No worries, mate. There's not a problem here. You can get this soft. Okay. So in fact, what we're saying is, is that if we have the right attitude, the thoughts will be more wholesome. If we practice those more wholesome thoughts, that will then help lead to that right attitude, the attitude of success. So this is the way to practice the Eightfold noble path is with these first four. And when we get these four it brings about the uh, the next item on the list which is right noble unification of mind. Yeah. The the pali is uh, uh sama area Samati. But that kind of samadhi is not translated as concentration. It's translated better as organization, where the mind is correctly organized because it's got all of the factors that needed to come together. When the mind is in samadhi, when the mind is uh, wholesome and free from wanting anything, then our sila becomes automatically perfect. Yeah. It automatically is perfect. Yeah. That's just, the mind yeah, is that's, right. But the yeah. mind is right for and against or forgotten. Yep. That's a line from Chang to Zoo. Chang to Zoo says that when the foot is right, excuse me, when the shoe is right, the foot is forgotten. In the sense that mm-hmm. if you've got a nail in your shoe or if you've got a stone in your foot, every step you have to pay attention to that foot. But if you stop and take the stone out of the shoe and the and the shoe becomes right, now the foot is forgotten. You don't think about that foot so much. Yeah. Okay. So when the attitude is right, when the heart is right, for and against are forgotten. The for and against are back to the critical mind. I like this. I don't like that. This is good. I want that. I got to get rid of that. Okay. For and against or the judgmental mind, this is good and this is bad. When the heart is right, those kind of thoughts are forgotten. So if in fact, if we have those kind of thoughts, then that means that the heart will get right. These things work together. Then in fact, uh, one of the uh, topics of Anapanasati is that um, the Vedana, the way that we feel is a mental conditioner But the mental state also conditions the feelings. The things are interrelated. That if we feel a certain way, we'll have a particular kind of thoughts. If we have particular kind of thoughts, then we begin to feel that way. That's the way that it is. So we have to make that right effort. That right effort to evaluate, to look at these thoughts and to recognize that all this thought is about something to do, or this thought is about something that happened in the past, or this thought is a plan for the future. Let's throw those thoughts out. "I I see you and have thoughts about right now. There's no problem right now. What a wonderful moment. That's the state that we need to get ourselves into, or that's the state that's desirable to get ourselves into the state where the mind is applied to the wholesome, sustained on the wholesome, that we have the sukka of uh, safety, security, comfort, satisfaction, and on top of that, success. When we bring those things together, along with the fact that we, in order to do that, we're free from hindrances, guess what? This state, this marvelous state that I'm talking about, the Buddha and others in the time talked about that marvelous state as merely first jhana. Yeah. And that's to be developed. The second jhana, is, there's no sutra anywhere about it, about the second jhana is to be developed and sustained. The development and the sustaining has to be learned in the first jhana. The second okay. jhana, is, it's almost like once you learn one piece of music, And you get a really spectacular piece of music and you're really, really good at that really spectacular, difficult to play piece of music. The second one's going to be easy enough. That first one. Another way of looking at it is is that in order to play one note on the violin, you've got to have a violin. You've got to have the body. You've got to have the neck, the curl, the bridge, all of that stuff with the violin plus just one note, just one string. And that's the first jhana. The second, third, fourth jhana, just add, like adding the second, third, and fourth string to a violin. Once you got the violin, the violin's the big job. And that violin has the key then is to apply the mind to the wholesome and sustain the mind on the wholesome, to put the mind on guard. That's what sustaining means is that you're now watching every thought to make sure that this is a wholesome thought. Okay. Okay. Now, That every is only every thought that you remember to look at because there's going to be thoughts that you don't remember to look at. But when you remember to look at the thought, that means, aha, I see you, Myra. And now we can say, well, I'm really glad I caught that one. I don't have to do that work at all. If I'm having a thought about an argument with Aunt Susie and I said, aha, I don't have to have that argument with Aunt Susie right now. She's okay. She's not even here to argue with. She's not in the here now, so I don't have to argue in my mind with an Aunt Susie that doesn't even exist in this present moment.
1: Yeah. So. Go ahead. Qu- question. So I, I got the thing is that so the, the, the effort is to put, uh, not put, like a detect unwholesome, and then you're going to do active act of, picking something wholesome so the unwholesome goes away, you leave the wholesome and you go to the wholesome. And I, one of the tri- tricks or the tool is, I see you Mara or something, oh, I'm okay at this point, or, or whatever. Uh-huh. What? what I, I dare, obviously, sometimes some tools work better than others, and it could be a situation, you know. So the, the thing is, what are the other things? Can we, for example, what I'm trying to say, can we just not smile because the smile is wholesome? Inside smile, not outside smile. And that just kind of a, a you don't even have to think because when I, when I talk about, oh, I see you, it's like a long conversation. I don't want to have that conversation because I can just smile and let it go
0: also. Okay. All right. So we could do it like this that as I breathe in, joy. And as yeah. I breathe out, I smile.
1: Yes. That
0: is like, if I nod. breathe in, Everything's okay. And if yeah. I breathe out, I relax. Okay. So yeah. you can use hold some words like that. don't yeah, it's don't even it. need
1: to, to to use what I'm saying is I don't need to use the words are too distracting to use the words when you it's just you can just kind of change the mood by just smiling inside.
0: Okay. All right. But you can also have smiley kind of words on the inside. Yeah. You see the Okay. the 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 issue in a way is is that westerners somehow have gotten the idea about no mind as an immediate goal okay okay maybe um uh empty mind or um uh, no thought would be a phd project yeah but let's face it, the beginners are in the first grade. They need the ABCs of Buddhism. Yes. Okay. So, which means that they don't have the ability to stop the mind. That in fact, the only ability that we're that we're beginning to understand is, is that we don't have any control over the mind, and the mind is jumping all over the place. So the first thing that we need to do is to put put it into a corral. Yeah. Okay. We can't. We can't get, uh, we, we put it into a corral and then we make the corral smaller until okay. we get it yeah. down to where, where the mind is actually just in a in a station or in a little uh, box. A little, bunch. A little okay. container, yeah.
1: So the, okay. the thing is, can, can you technically, so the question is, can you actually technically get to, I mean, there is a lot of, word of like first jhana by just having the thought, talking to
0: yourself, technically? That's the actual definition of first jhana. Is that the first jhana is is applied and sustained wholesome thoughts. Okay. Yeah. And once you get uh, one wholesome thought after another wholesome thought after another wholesome thought, that's the time that we can begin to see even that work. And so we begin to put gaps in the wholesome thoughts. Yes. Okay, But if we are having wholesome and unwholesome thoughts mixed, then if we have a gap between the thoughts, more than likely the next thought that's going to come up is going to be an unwholesome thought. And then off we go into unwholesome thinking. No, we need to work on getting the thoughts, one wholesome thought after another to be on guard for wholesome thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, m- m-
1: most of the time there are like not unwholesome, but most of the time it's just like a junk thoughts. Junk thoughts, most thoughts <laughs> are just junk thoughts. Junk. Yeah, they're just serving no real purpose and it's just moving from one to another, whatever, mm-hmm. whichever way, you never know you can detect it. Okay, it moved, it took this reference from that and all that, but that's just analysis. But it's just, you don't know what is gonna pop up next.
0: <laughs> but you can begin to do that, though. That's the whole point, is, is that you can begin to take that control. That That's a really funny part, that most people think that these are my thoughts, I think what I want to think, and they don't at all. Number no. one, they're not their thoughts, they're old thoughts that they learned from a, as children. And number two, they're not really in control. They don't think the thoughts that they want to think. They think the thoughts are in the habit of thinking. And the habit is what they learned from someone else. They're not even original thoughts. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that I can see it. I mean, that's not
1: easy enough, but obviously you pay enough attention and you know the thoughts are just happening by yourself. That's like very clear. It's not like I'm not thinking. I know the thinking is just happening when I pay attention, not in a general sense. You know, when you're just sitting, you can see it, or even you don't need to be in the sitting, formal sitting, you can just, in a regular life, you can right. see it, it's happening, and you know it is happening. One thought goes to another one, it bounces on it, and it just takes the feedback from the past, whatever those past uh, thoughts are. The ideas, You should technically you are in a like a thought loop, but it's not you. Nobody's thinking. You're not thinking. It's just happening there.
0: Well, that the is thinking it. is happening. They're just not paying any attention to the fact that the that the thoughts are there. The
1: thing is, oh. Oh, no, yeah. This is the point. This is the part I actually have a question on that. So that when I'm saying this thing, I have a particular uh, not That the thing is when I have. Try to do this thing. I'm not trying. I do it sometimes. Sometimes I don't. But the thing is, when your thoughts are happening, you look back. Who is thinking? But there is. You can. The the now thing is. Now that
0: thought is an unwholesome thought. Okay. Who is doing the thinking is exactly the same kind of thought of who am I? What yeah, was okay. I in the past? What was I in the future? Okay those kind of thoughts don't have good answers and it gets the student confused the buddha actually in sutra number two talks about those thoughts as unworthy of attention okay uh, I, thoughts I, yeah are worthy of attention though Are thoughts about the eightfold noble path this is dukkha in other words when we start looking at the mind and seeing that thought is dukkha which is like um, who is it that's doing the thinking? Is, uh, that's, that's a dukkha of thought because mm-hmm. it's got desire in it. Instead of saying, I don't care who's doing the thinking. The fact is, is that that thought is an unwholesome thought. Let's have more wholesome thoughts. Yeah, I, I think so I, I yeah, about who am I? Here's, here's something we could talk about. Mm, I, I, and that is that today. You could sit down and write down all of your attributes and characteristics to define precisely who you are, as to the best of your ability. And then tomorrow you go do that list again. It's not going to be the same list. It the third not. day is going to be again. It's going to keep changing.
1: Yeah. I, I so let, let I want to come back to the point I was trying to make. Actually, so sometimes it's just not clear enough. Also. So, what I'm trying to say is you obviously there is a thought because there is a awareness of thought mm-hmm. but so when, when you see look back, I'm just saying all there is you maximum you can go is there is a awareness and there is a thought, but you can't find who is thinking actually. at least I can't find it.
0: Well, let us say that it's not even worthwhile looking for that no, that's I'm not
1: thing. no. I I understand. I think you are thinking I'm thinking from my point of view. I'm not thinking it from my point of view. I'm thinking it from a observer, not an observer, but from a purely scientific observation point of view. Okay, interesting. There is a thought. There is awareness of a thought. But even you, you can't find, that's the barrier. That's the maximum you can go, actually. This is just, that's it. You cannot go beyond, at least I can't go beyond that.
0: Well, here's the point, though. Here's the point. That's not even the right direction to go in. Okay. That direction is not the right direction to go in because, as you have just uh, recently said, that you hit a stone wall or you get to a point where you can't get any place further than that, and so you wind up in dissatisfaction.
1: Yeah, I just yeah in that sense it's just satisfaction. I'm sense. not I'm exactly. not I'm not in that sense, but I'm not like a like crying or anything like that, but I understand it's a minor dissatisfaction, minor or major, all dissatisfaction, that's what we're
0: working on here. Is yeah, that's what we are working satis- on. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because yeah, it's a yeah, you know your
0: stuff. St- life is not a series. Of yeah. uh, great, great big dissatisfaction, yeah, followed by a it's... long period of time of satisfaction, followed by great big dissatisfaction. No, basically, what life is is just one dis- tiny little dissatisfaction, and then another tiny little dissatisfaction, and then another tiny little dissatisfaction, and then another tiny little dissatisfaction. What we're going to start doing is interrupting those tiny little dissatisfactions and getting tiny little satisfaction. And as we develop the skill, that tiny little satisfaction will grow, but we have to have a tiny little satisfaction to begin with. Okay. but if you're going to practice satisfaction, you have to have a bit of satisfaction to practice with.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you need a fire to light a fire.
0: Exactly, yeah. you need a spark to light a fire. So
1: <laughs> yes, spark, sorry, that's what I meant. <laughs> the
0: spark then is to get ourselves out of who am I kind of thoughts and yeah. get ourselves into aha, I see you, Mar. I see you as an unwholesome thought. Let me have wholesome thoughts and stop trying to define who me is right now.
1: Okay. Okay. So, so what do I do then in that sense? <laughs> So, so um, is that a
0: thought of who am I? Or you have a thought of who is thinking, and then you say, Aha, uh-huh, I don't know the answer to that. Let's not worry about that. Aha, uh-huh, I see that yeah. thought as my. Right. Yeah. Never mind. I don't have to have that kind of thought. I'll be happy without having the answer to that thought. I don't have to have the answer to that. I'm already okay. Now, that's a wholesome thought. Yeah. That wholesome thought is I'm already okay. I don't need to have the answer to that question.
1: Yeah, I, I got you. But I think I was trying to, what I'm trying to do is that the that, sutta that, that there is six of six lets. I think that's what it is. There, this is the, you know, no self observing, the no, not observing. I'm not using the exact terminology. I was doing in that sense because that's like. Exactly. A, That's
0: one of the thickets of views. Okay. Okay. Is it the self that's uh, observing the no-self, or is it the no-self observing the self, or is it the (laughs) no-self observing a no-self, or is it a self observing a self? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. (laughs) It's the thicket of views. And all of them are unwholesome. Okay. Yeah, all of those kind of thoughts are unwholesome. The right wholesome thoughts then would be: is all to see those kind of thoughts are unwholesome. Aha! I see those thoughts as unwholesome. Let's have happy wholesome thoughts instead. Wow! I'm glad that I I saw that. I do not have to figure out who I am at all. Wow! What a relief. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. I think. Yeah. I do not have to know who I am in order to be happy. Because, in fact, the teachings of the Buddha anyway is the nature of what the Sankara. The way that I describe it is, sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. Yeah, that You're a mess inside. I mean, it's just uh, turmoil. Uh, the only way that you're going to actually ever find out who you are is by getting the turmoil finished so that things can settle down and you can really see things clearly. But by the time you can really see things clearly, that question, it becomes irrelevant.
1: Okay. So I have another question, actually. I'm going to digress a bit.
0: Uh,
1: so the thing is, most of the time, the, the, the Vedana or the sensations, the, the bodily sensation when you're getting like a, irritated or angry or or those kind of areas they are just way too kind of a way too fast (laughs) for for your thought process to catch up to them so you can't really argue with yourself because the things move way too fast when you're getting irritated you know you're getting irritated but the thing is or you get angry the things move, you can't argue with yourself, otherwise
0: nobody will be angry, ever. So even if you don't well, want to- you could argue with yourself if you were unified. Yes. But if you were a crowd inside, then various pieces of that crowd can, in fact, argue with other pieces of that crowd. They have disagreements. One argument was, is you should be meditating. You should go meditate right now. And the child inside says, no, I don't want to meditate. And now you've got a full-blown dialogue going. One is talking words and giving concepts, and the other one is answering in feelings. So I so
1: I, I think my question is more of not meditation here. I mean, I probably, I think that's why I want to clarify this thing. This is a general law. Like a regular day-to-day life, you're not like really sitting there meditating when you're like talk, you know, doing whatever you anybody does in their daily life, you know. So what I'm saying is, is these things are way too fast. You can't talk to yourself in real life because by the time you know you kind of have. You you catch up, but you maybe catch up yourself after 10, 15 minutes, but by that time, you are already like, you know, done the damage <laughs> you know, in, in another sense.
0: Well, what you're just saying is, is that so far your observation is, is that you're slow. Yes. In that Basically, sense. what we what really then is going on is, is that you're actually uh, trying right now to define what a, what an, a com- correct operating mind should operate like after it's gained the skills of Anapanasati. And yet you have not gained those skills yet.
1: Because the thing is, so if you, fo- like there are a lot of people, you know, a lot of traditions, uh, they're teaching Anapanasati. There is nothing practical about in some of them, you know, uh, you, they just, you sit and, you know, you sit for it and that's 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 like, a, okay, when you're done sitting for half an hour, an hour, then what do you do? You, you just, there, there is no awareness. so You're not like watching the breath or whatever, in
0: breath, out breath. So,
1: that, it doesn't transfer.
0: No yes, long. exactly. Okay, so this is the mental mentality that most people have when they hear about meditation. And even when they leave the Goenka retreat, the Goenka yeah. people will say, you should try to practice one hour a day. Sure, right? practicing every day. Or to an hour a day. Or maybe two hours a day.
1: Yeah.
0: And then your question, and then is when we get up, what do we do? Here's the whole point about it. Yeah. is is that you have spent much of your life in hindrances. Yeah, we're practicing Anapanasati now for an hour a day and then going back into hindrances 23 hours a day, which yeah. is going to win. So yeah. A little bit of uh, practice or all of this hindrance for all of this history plus all day long. No, yeah. what we're actually beginning to practice is to wake up so that we can take that waking up throughout the day, and begin to wake up just when you need it most. When do you need it most? You need it most times when you stub your toe. You need it most when the, uh, the cop stops you on the highway. You need it the most when he handcuffs you. You need it most when you're checking into the ER. You need it most when you're going into a government office. You need it most when you sit down to your desk at work. There's a many times that during the day we really do need to have sati to yeah. wake up, to look at what's going on, and to change the unwholesome into the wholesome, and then to congratulate ourselves for doing that. Yeah. This is a practice that we need all day long, but nobody can do it all day long. So the recommendation is to do it whenever you can remember to do it. That's the yes. society, to develop the skill of remembering to do it whenever you can, because there's going to be times when it's really valuable for you to remember to be here now. Like when it's, when it's dangerous, it's better to stop acting afraid in the face of danger and become a lion instead. Okay, but, uh, the example that I commonly use is being stopped by the cops. Most people even hearing about it, thinking about the light uh, red flashing behind and the blue lights and the sirens and all of that. And what we do is we become afraid. When the person uh, is stopped by the cop who is afraid, then that fear is picked up by the cop. And now the cop's got his hand on the gun looking for everything you do. And if you make one small move out of fear, the cop's going to shoot you. Yep. And the guy created that himself. But if you've got that lion's mentality, if you've got your sati there to remember, you can say, hi, officer. I'm really glad to see you out working this evening. I'm really glad that uh, we have a good police force here. It's good to see you on duty. Thank you for your service. Now, that kind of attitude is possibly going to get you off with a warning ticket or no ticket at all. (laughs) But it's the attitude that we have to remember to have. You can remember to have a good positive attitude at the time when you need it the most if you're practicing getting a good positive attitude. If you're not skilled at developing a good positive attitude, then whatever attitude that you're likely to have based upon your own past yeah. Yeah, just- what you're going to, you're going to feel. Yeah. And so this is why we uh so your question is actually what's the point then of practicing meditation at all? The answer for most people is that it really is a dead waste of time. Yeah. Yeah, in that sense. For mm-hmm. sure. Right. So what we're actually practicing with Anapanasati is not that kind of meditation of going deep in meditation or sitting long periods yeah. of time. What we're actually practicing is to develop the skill of sati, to wake up. That's why okay. we want to practice sati on the in-breath, to remember to take a long, deep in-breath, to remember to take a long, deep out-breath. That's sati on the in-breath, sati on the out-breath, sati on another in-breath, sati on another out-breath, sati with the thought, oh, everything is okay. And so we're actually practicing to remember. Yeah. Yeah. To remember, to remember, to remember. That's the goal of the practice. That's why we want to practice off it, rather than practice a long period of time for once yeah. a day. It's better to break it up and do it five or six times a day. The time that I would definitely recommend is the, the instant, the, the the second that you wake up in the morning. What do you do when you first wake up? What's the very first thing that happens? Mm. You become awake that you are awake.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) You recognize that you're awake. Yes. But waking up does not get you out of the bed. That's something that happens later. Yes. Okay, so from the time that you wake up until the time that you get out of bed, this is an excellent time to practice Anapanasati. You're laying in bed. Wow, this feels so nice. This is going to be such a great day. Everything's going to be my way. What a wonderful moment. What a wonderful world. Everything is all right. Everything is fine. What a comfortable bed this is, okay? This is the kind of thoughts that we want to have to begin our day. Then at the end of the day when you get get in bed, you don't go to sleep immediately. In fact, a lot of people will have thoughts of what I've got to do tomorrow. Thoughts of, oh, I've got to get to sleep. There's going to be so much to do tomorrow. It's going to be such a heavy day. Guess what? For that person, they'll dream about it all night and then it will be a heavy day tomorrow. But if we go to sleep at night with the kinds of thoughts of, I got no place to go and nothing to do, taking a deep breath and just relaxing, oh, it feels so comfortable to pull the covers over. And I don't even have to go to sleep. I can just lay here. And just enjoy the night. Just enjoy the night. Take a deep breath. Everything's all right. Everything's fine. The Tomorrow will take care of itself. And all I have to do right now is just enjoy. So that's two times a day. We could do it also at lunchtime. We could do it on morning break. You can do it on the way to work. Yeah,
1: you can do it whenever you get a couple of minutes.
0: Right. And the only issue is, is to get in seclusion, which means that if you're driving your car, you need to turn the radio off and pay attention to uh, the driving. As I breathe in, I see everything on the road. And as I breathe out, I'm safe. I'm watching the traffic. Okay, so in fact, people who are practicing anapanasati and practicing uh, Sati, they wind up being much better drivers ordinary people when they're driving are distracted by all kinds of things yeah. kids in the backseat work to be done uh they, they see something pass by and they say wow well, that was- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> not watching where they're going so yeah. that's a good time when we're driving the car is to say i'm going to intentionally watch everything that's happening now i'm going to watch where i'm going I'm going to watch the kind of thoughts that I have because the kind of thoughts that I'm having will be thoughts about driving safely. Yeah. OK, so we can wind up doing it all day long.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can do it pretty much whenever you have when you are not yeah. on autopilot. You, or you a better way of
0: saying it, you can do it at any time that you can remember. Yes. Yeah, But we want to intentionally remember to do it several times a day. Yes.
1: So you, you, similarly, when you're walking, you can just say, I'm walking. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Walk, 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 I guess that's why the four postures can come. Meditation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Because that's a practical value, you know, right there and then. Mm-hmm
1: not just getting sitting there i mean i i don't mind sitting also but it's okay but you know it's a, uh, yes but but unless you practice on a daily on a daily life i don't see that maybe it's up for other people it makes a difference but i don't i'm not convinced it makes a difference unless you start practicing as you are saying on a daily life is that what like in the training that's what everybody does or this is how it is done I, because I don't know you know you know you like a, you know typical setup like a monasteries or wherever you have you know when you're working with with your teacher is that how typically that is done the, the development of sati
0: well let's not worry too much about future okay Let's not do, I mean, that's open to the future. Let's practice getting the results right now. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's stay with what we're going to be doing right now, and that is to clean the mind out, to remember to look at what we're doing, remember to uh, monitor our thoughts, and uh, thoughts that are not of the here now, we can throw those thoughts out and put in thoughts of this present moment. So-
1: okay so i have a question on that is is it important to have a thought as a verbal thought i think i have asked it before so i'm asking it again actually as a verbal mental thought that that is something wholesome and positive is is by by saying whatever it is you know like it is going to be a good day or whatever you know is it important to say it, or just not saying it is? I mean, or having it just neutral thought, or just a
0: you're you're asking really unimportant questions. Okay, okay, okay. Those kind of questions actually prevent us from practicing correctly. It's just okay. mental speculations. So you okay. actually can. I uh, uh, can take the little group of wholesome thoughts that I've uh, given you and expand upon that okay. and determine which are just completely wholesome thoughts and then uh, start having those kind of thoughts that are wholesome. Later, you will develop the skills to determine um, what other kinds of thoughts are wholesome or not. Okay, that's good enough. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's good enough. For now.
0: Yeah, I got
1: it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Good. All right. Well, let's finish now. And okay. uh, you go practice. Yeah. Be having wholesome thoughts. Okay.
1: Thank you, Damarathal.
0: Okay. Have a good we'll day. will see you soon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.